What's up, folks? We are back this week for this week's episode of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. This is going to be episode 269, 269 episodes, people. Um, and tonight we definitely have a lot to talk about as more news about uh, sort of sort of say American reopening for business and how does that affect the state of professional wrestling and just all of all of uh, sports because there's just so many things um, that has really came out over this week um, and we're going to try to break them down um, and have some fun with it as well because uh, it's just a, it's a lot of news that's going on but before we get started as always we need to introduce the crew who will be having these roundtable conversations tonight and of course I am the host to James here and I am joined by Mr. Silly Sellers himself Mr. Hill Will Hot Take uh, Morrow's best friend Will and the giant <laughs> crab Jamal fellas how you guys doing tonight A-okay it's another damn week. Let me tell you that I am here <laughs> by the skin of my teeth. So like me from last week. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this times need to get better. <laughs> it's hard out here. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> oh, so so true. Very true. Um, and you know, just in case there's any mothers that listens to this show. A happy early Mother's Day for all of you guys. I know that it's this Sunday, so definitely have time to uh, relax to the best you can inside unless your state is opening or unless you live in Ocean City, Maryland, because apparently that's opening this weekend. Um, so that, that puts Maryland on a map of beaches that have opened with over the last two weeks. So, yes, we, we, we will be opening up our beaches for wherever that's worth. Um, but that's not our focus tonight. We definitely are going to talk about um, a lot with the state of Florida and like I said, in the world of professional uh, sports, just a lot of different news that that is, has came out over this week um, that is really going to affect uh, businesses and companies running shows uh, in the future. So the first thing I have to say is, you know, I seen this is really intriguing to me. So we, we, we talked about Florida last week. And when we talked about Florida, we, you know, we, we knew that Florida was going to be one of the first states to um, open and allow um, allow these companies to run uh, their shows in the state of Florida inside, uh, you know, inside buildings with, you know, with all the regulations and so on. So we know, obviously, that's the home of WWE, AEW, and then, you know, boxing and then UFC, all were, their eyebrows all went up and said, hey, you know, we want in. Uh, nonetheless, there's two pay-per-views this weekend, UFC with one on Saturday and, um, WWE Money in the Bank on Sunday. Uh, but an AEW ran their show in Jacksonville, I believe, last night. So everyone is one is definitely fast tracking to the state of Florida to be able to run. But the, the biggest thing for me right now is that uh, with AEW running their first show, um, you know, we talked a lot about ostensibly about safety and just the level of trust and integrity that us fans can have because obviously we're going to soon have the opportunity to. When I say we, not me, uh, we'll have the opportunity to be able to attend these shows uh, if you desire during these time. But the biggest thing for me is that, you know, AEW has came out and said that, hey, we they have test kits and everybody in their roster has tested negative, uh, which is great. When you think about it, like, OK, great. They're, they're, they're taking the precautions to make sure the talent is good and so on. And then something else came out, and I don't know if people really put this together, but I, it definitely caught my eye. But immediately after that, I, I saw something that said that Hangman Page and the Bucks 
are absent from the events because of the concerns of the, the coronavirus. So I'm like, wait a minute. So if everyone's negative, but the people who have stake in this business aren't coming, how the hell as me as a fan that was never going to go, but the people that might have been interested in going, notice that the people who are in the business are saying they're not going to go. I'm I, for, for me, people like how, and this is a question for fans listening and, and, and for us for the show, uh, the first topic for the night is what do you do in a situation like this? Like, you know, th- that's a, that's a big tug of war battle that I don't feel like the fans are going to win. Like if you, if the bucks, the people who founded AEW are not going because of pandemic concerns, even though everyone tested negative, what is, there's a bigger story to be told here. Or is it just really just not the time for fans to be rejoining? Period. So um, that's our first. That's our first uh, topic for tonight. So uh, I'll start off with Will, and you give me your thoughts about that. Yeah. Now to clarify, my understanding is that everyone who was at the event in Jacksonville, so anyone who was at the taping of Dynamite, was tested. I don't think everyone's been tested on the entire roster, especially if they haven't shown up or anything. Like the Bucks are, you know, are out in uh, California, so unless they've been tested some other way out there, but being they haven't traveled anywhere this entire time, my impression is they're only talking about that they tested everyone on hand for the taping last night. And it even went as far as stage hands, road crew, venue staff. So props to AEW for that. That's definitely going out of, I guess above and beyond. I can kind of say that more than just, you know, doing a temperature check, more than just doing a quarantine or something that they actually went like, Hey, we're even going to test the camera people. From my understanding, Florida has a real good amount of tests available and they're not as hard to get as in many other places. So I, I think that's great. And as far as the bucks go, as far as people we're not seeing like hey, hangman page, the bucks that you mentioned from what we've been here from the beginning, And all the companies are claiming this, that if you do not want to be there, if you do not want to take that chance, then you don't have to. Now, one of the bucks, I think it's Nick Jackson. I forget which of the brothers it is, but one Mm -hmm. of them just did have a newborn. So Mm. I could see that being the immediate concern of like, okay, I got a baby at home. And maybe he was planning to be off for that anyway, you know, regardless of what was going on. But newborn in the house, you know, more of a risky situation as far as a, being exposed to things. So I could see that kind of being the factor where they're like, Hey, we got, we all, we both have families. We both have children. We have to come all the way from California. We're not right there in Florida. And they're probably also in a situation where they're thinking, well, we could go to Florida and just stay there. But if we did that, then we're leaving our families back in California. So I think that, I think that's kind of what's weighing on their situation. A lot of how I've been hearing this this week, you know, as to talk in more of a general sense, there's so much talk about reopening and how things are going to be done. And like like you were just saying to James, whether you would be comfortable going to something. And mm-hmm. I think so much of what this comes down to right now, it really comes down to regardless of what's going on with everything else and how other people are handling it and what other people are doing. It really comes down to what level of being involved in things are you personally comfortable with? Just because mm-hmm. everything's opening up doesn't mean you need to go out there and not wear a mask and go to the store, not wear gloves and whatever. There's nothing stopping you from still doing that. Just by that same token, there's nothing stopping you from also to being like, hey, I'm not quite comfortable with this yet. I'm going to stay at home. So just because stuff's opened up in Florida, it don't mean everyone's got to go down there and do their thing. 
But it is interesting that, you know, you have part of the ownership, part of the, you know, the EVPs here not showing up. But in, in some ways, I guess Tony Khan can point that and be like, look, hey, they're not showing up. So if they're not showing up, then you should feel more than comfortable not showing up yourself if some of the higher ups aren't either. Uh, who else wants to weigh in on this? What do you think, yeah. Marcellus? I, I, I want to add on it, too, because uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago, we even talked about this on the show. And I even mentioned my little small story of just going out to the mailbox. And I was like maybe about six feet away from the guy that was putting the mail in the little mail dispenser versus me just getting my portion of the mail out. Um, if you have one of those mailboxes that have multiple outs, like I'm referring to. And like literally, even though I wasn't nervous at the moment, but you got to imagine that people are just so freaked out and nervous about just standing next to somebody. And if I'm standing next to somebody, can I contract the virus? And that wasn't the case like four or five months ago. So it's just real interesting that even though the people that are there that get tested, you have some people, even that was at the AEW show, I think it was Isaiah Cassidy, that literally have a mask on while he was just sitting in the crowd, you know, acting as one of the crowd participants as a guest, I mean, as a, um, a talent there. And it's just so interesting, like, granted, everybody got tested apparently and they're okay, but he still wanted to have that mask on. Was that something that he wanted to do that he felt more comfortable? It's just very interesting and it's like a psychology or a mindset where if I'm just in the same room as somebody, am I okay being there? Granted, Mother's Day, as you mentioned too, James, is coming up this weekend, right? And I'm pretty sure you want to have people that go over their mother's house just to check and see how they're doing. But are they going to feel comfortable just sitting at the same table, just eating, you know, lunch or something with their mother for Mother's Day if they haven't seen them in a while? It's just a mindset that is just going to be real interesting to see as we go down. And, and we talked about it before about like even the NFL today, they're, they're releasing their schedule. And I know I'm looking, listening to a podcast right before our show. And one guy, you know, saying, well, I'm going to get my tickets to the 49ers opening, you know, game of the season. He's doing that. And we're saying, some people are saying, well, I can skip not going to a game this year. It won't bother me. <laughs> it's just so interesting how that dynamic is. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, it's, it's, a, it's like a tug of war going on of, do I feel safe? Do I not feel safe? It's just very interesting to see both sides of it. You know, the other thing I quickly say is, too, I, you know, a lot of me like to think that that's the debate that people are having between being safe and not. But also, too, I think it's just a, it's a level of people just wanting to be vigilant or more yeah. or less just vigilantes in the situation of just saying, like, they're going to do it regardless because that if it doesn't affect me personally, then I'm good. And I feel like that's, you know, we've seen huge amounts of, uh, of people showing the lack of self-control all over the world, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it just comes down to it now. So now that there's a uh, there's an activity for them to be able to do, then, they're, 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 then they'll just do it, you know, regardless of the safety measure or not, because they never cared about the safety measure in the first place. So exactly. As we've seen in the state of Georgia, uh, state of Georgia, when those Jordans came out last week, uh, the oh lines uh, definitely were uh, packed. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> no, it's it's well, it's wild because you got you know some people are just treating it like oh no big deal. If they say stuff's open, they're just going out like everything's normal, no big deal, mm -hmm. return to normalcy. And then you got other people who are like I'm not leaving the darn house regardless. And then you got other people who are, like you said last night, just looking at the crowd at Dynamite of the people that they did have there. You yes. had some people with masks. You had some people that didn't have masks. When they started brawling all over the building, you had a couple spots where it got kind of like, hey, there's kind of a lot of people hanging out there all together that definitely aren't doing no six feet apart. And no. there's definitely not just like a dozen people there or even 25 people there. And 
and then even at one point, like the as the camera was going around, there was straight up a family there at one point with like yep. little kids and hanging out. So it's like it's very all over the map. I think with how people are treating it right now. And the best thing I can say, especially given the situation, like we said, some places are opening up, some places aren't, some places are handling it one way, some places yep. are handling it another way. All you can really do is look out for yourself and handle things the way you think yep. you want to handle them. I think that's all you can really do is you got to look out for your own because who knows what's going on, you know? Yeah. Very well said. If I can add this too, just when I was listening to Como, Andrew Como today, you know, governor of New York, one thing he said that was very apparent, and I know we all joke around and say this this type of line before, but he was mentioning that people were saying that we're all going to die. Yeah, we're all going to die one day because we live and die. That's what organisms do. However, I don't need to die right now. You know, I want to be safe. I want to make sure I do what I need to do to be careful. So whatever your mindset is with that, you just have to use that and use your common sense in a way. Yeah. Jamal, go ahead and jump in there. Um, I think, yeah, I think we'll kind of touch on it. Uh, if you are the Young Bucks um, and Nick has, uh, you know, an infant, uh, you know, at home and three other, two, or two or three other kids and Matt has two school-aged children at home as well, uh, it would be different if they had to come from Atlanta. It would be different if their flight was an hour. It would be different if they could be home the same day. Um, but with the time zone change, with, you know, the risk of, of flying and everything like that, I can understand why those guys came. But then again, those guys came, didn't go, but SEU was there. Mm-hmm. Does SE, but, and we're also assuming that where they're built from is where they currently live, which may or may not be the case as exactly. well. Um, however, you know, SEU was there. And the long and short of it is people had to make some tough decisions. Uh, referee Aubrey Edwards, she uh, lives in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. And she decided to move to Florida for a month to get AEW's uh, shenanigans, you know, dealt with, and and eventually travel into Atlanta to QT Marshall's basement where they taped a couple shows there as well. So it's you know it is it is kind of what it is, and not everybody's willing to do that. You know, are you willing to stay in a hotel? Period. Let alone stay in a hotel for a month because you can't go home because of work. Um, and Christopher Daniels may be able to do that because he's 50, but other people may or may not be able to do it. So I can understand why everybody was there. And also, more importantly than that, not everybody needs to be there. Uh, AEW actually timed their show pretty well with the pacing of their matches, yep. with what they had, and actually advanced some stories. And, and lo and behold, we do have a pay-per-view coming up in about two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. So... It was definitely an interesting part of, of Dynamite, and we still got some much-needed progression as we saw Matt Hardy's first match, and then we also saw Damascus' first match, and then, you know, the whole use of the Jag Stadium, um, yep. you know, which I honestly thought that was a, a brilliant bit that they, they did with the whole inner circle being on the Jumbotron yep. at the Jag Stadium. Um I, I mean, I really think that since the pay-per-view is coming up, I hope they have it in the football stadium and just dress it up and do the the show that WrestleMania was supposed to be. Um, but that's a different topic for, you know, for further down the road. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that anyone's at the show. I don't think everyone needs to be there. It's not the pay-per-view. And we don't know where everybody lives. Uh, I, we haven't seen Pac in what feels like 18 months. 
Right. But can he get back into the U.S.? We haven't seen, uh, you know, the Pentagon and Phoenix in what feels like a year. But are they even in the country right now? You know, yeah. they're so. I think for what we got, AEW has definitely done well and played the cards they had well. However, it is. I would rather see somebody say, "I will uh, stay away." And, and, and wait it out versus now I think everybody understands what that is. However, you do need to, you must, you must, you must keep these people fresh and in the rotation. Uh, we haven't seen Nia Jax in a month. And then we finally hear of her on like one of the online things that the YouTube things that they do. And then we see her last night. So uh, you, you, you mean Nala Rose? Nala Rose. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Um, so, <laughs> So yeah, we haven't seen Nala Rose in a month, and 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 now she just pops up out of nowhere. So it would it would have helped her as the champion for her to be featured a little bit more. You have all this time for vignettes, yeah. and everybody has a smartphone with a decent camera. Shoot some stuff. I mean, being the elite is a thing. You telling me that we can't zoom call, you know, a, a vignette with the, with the champ? Who's the champ of the women's division that has already been? marred by inequity i mean so there are things that they can do better but i'm i'm very okay with people skipping out on things until they feel that it's safe to go back to work because if that's what's being asked of all of us um everybody has a job hopefully um and if you do have a job i would rather you work and be in the position to work safely than work because you got to here's what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to throw it back to you so we can jump into our next topic. There's there's two things for me that kind of stands out, and I'm surprised nobody kind of picked up on this. So if, you know, if Tony Khan comes out and says everybody that's here tonight has been tested, you know, that's not only just a message to the fans for reassurance, that's probably a message to the state of Florida, um, you know, for even allowing that to even happen. But do you think that's not also just a message to the Bucks saying like, hey, you know, we're here, we're good. You know, your concerns uh, that you have, we're, we're, we're doing what we got to do. And, and then on the contrary, now, again, I, I think that, you know, for the, for the last couple of weeks, we have definitely voiced this in more ways than enough. But I really haven't heard too many, um, whether it be uh, analysts or just anybody of just, you know, uh, some type of platform really stay, say this until today. But I was watching ESPN and Richard Jefferson said something that I was just like, if I had closed my eyes, it was literally the same thing I've been saying for a long time. Jefferson. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Who the hell is listening to Richard Jefferson? You know, they they're they're ESPN doing anything they can to get to get content. But he is a he is an analyst and he's very intelligent. And obviously he, he you know, he's played in uh, whatever. Richard Jefferson's Richard Jefferson. But anyway, he he came out and was talking about um how much like we're saying now. This isn't the time to be going back to events, you know, because events, when you go to an event, it doesn't just affect you. It affects your family. And if you have any personal medical issues with yourself, you know, he spoke he spoke about himself being asthmatic. A lot of people are. He he said, hey, am I higher at risk? Am I not? Am I? Am I Richard Jefferson? Anyway, to the point is (laughs) talking about events opening up. Talking about, you know, people wanting to crawl back into the stands and so on. It, 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 the biggest point about this is that when you go, it's not just affects you. It affects the household that you come back into. Um, 
And, yep. you know, a lot of people are losing focus of that, I, I yep. think. You know, we, we we voiced it a lot of ways more than anything else, but a lot of people are, are really with that mentality of like, hey, I'm good, so it's all good. But it's like, but what about the person next to you? What about the person, you know? It's everybody you come in contact with. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, and I thought that was, you know, I thought that was really key, especially with something we've been saying, because a lot of the narrative right now, especially on stuff like ESPN is like, hey, when is baseball going to open? Are we going to be ready for baseball? Do you yes. want baseball? Do you would you go if baseball open? What about the next war? Are you ready for football? Are you going to buy tickets? And it's just like, yo, the 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 um, um, basketball is getting ready to start holding uh, uh, what they call them um, workouts and, and so on. Mm-hmm. But like. Are you going to go? I mean, are these mandatory? Are they not? You know, but nonetheless, like, again, while you get ready for the season, think about how not only are you taking a risk for yourself, but then, again, you come back home and, you know, you have other people that you have to be uh, very conscious of, your kids, uh, whoever it is that you live with, you know. And I I thought that was – and I think that's the most important thing here is that, you know, and I I commend the Bucks. You know, concerns are concerns. You know, concerns are – um, they're they're predicated mostly to yourself, but for the people around you. And if they have concerns at the statue of where they're at in the business, regardless if their boss is saying they're okay, and they still decide to make the decision not to, I would assume this is probably the first show they've ever missed. I'm pretty sure that's we're going to find that to be true soon. That this tells you, you know, no matter what, with the state opening, that's just more. That for me, that just feels like even more of a risk because now you may come in contact to more people. So like. You know, much like you guys said, you know, hats off to them for being able to to make the decision that they needed best for their family. And and, and the brothers, regardless of one had a, a kid or not, they come in contact with each other. So that's just one joint household when you think about it. And they, they travel together. So it's, it's the same exact thing. So, you know, kudos to them on that note. Uh, but, yeah, moving forward. So we're talking about pay-per-views this week. Uh, and we're going to we're going to start off with WWE and the money in the bank pay-per-view. So, Jamal, I'll let you jump into it for this for this topic. Okay, so Money in the Bank is this weekend. Um, uh, AEW has a pay-per-view on the 23rd, uh, Double or Nothing, which was supposed to be in Vegas. Money in the Bank, which is going to be uh, just a hideous spectacle of, of wrestling, which is honestly refreshing in this time. And, and, and I want to criticize WWE for just being stale and, and not allowing uh, their talent, especially on Raw and SmackDown, to be as creative as they really could be this is the time over any other time in in wrestling history that you have a golden opportunity to seize some odds and in the television landscape and that's not really the case and it's honestly been kind of boring but money in the bank is a thing and there's going to be a massive like building scaling uh ladder match to (laughs) for the title which is nuts um the real question now comes down to in this post uh, current corona situation where social distancing and all of the things whether you choose to do it or not it is what we is and we're here now the bottom line is that money in the bank at any pay-per-view going forward you gotta pay for it now if you have the network if you don't have the network that's a different thing but in most of the world that doesn't have the network you gotta still gotta pay for it AEW's pay-per-view is gonna be 50 bucks I think uh, on BR Live and and everything like that. Is it worth it to pay for a pay-per-view nowadays? 
Pay-per-views were always a hard sell after the network came out, which devalued them completely. And now, considering what they could be, considering on what WrestleMania was, WrestleMania as a whole was as good as it was bad. The general consensus. It was okay because of the Boneyard match, which people liked, and the Firefly Funhouse match, which people liked. And then there was the fact that it was two nights and three hours and change versus one 17 and a half hour long show. These are all good things, but also there was some other stuff that is really not memorable. You remember uh, McIntyre, almost called him McIntosh. You remember McIntyre winning (laughs) the championship. You remember the, you know, triple threat, single person tag, um, non-tag match for the tag titles. Can you name another match from WrestleMania? I, I, I can't. I really can't. I vaguely remember it, and it happened a month ago. So now that we're coming up on a new thing of pay-per-views in the cycle, and companies are starting to reopen, and states are starting to reopen, do you guys, how do you think these pay-per-views are going to look? Will they be able to retain their big match feel? And more importantly, based on what WrestleMania was, are you willing to pay for a pay-per-view going forward, or is it absolutely out of the question, off the table, considering what shows look like now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a tough, I think, proposition, for the, especially for the people who are running singular events like an AEW or UFC this weekend. WWE will always have the upside of being like, they have the cheap price point, but in a lot of ways, it's like, okay, you're paying for an entire month, and this show is part of the entire month. You're not just paying $9.99 for one show. But even at that price point, $9.99 for one show, that's not too bad, especially for like, you know, uh, for uh, that takes out your entertainment for like, you know, your Sunday night or whatever. AEW charging 50 bucks. Or even higher, UFC coming back this weekend at you know their regular sixty dollar price point. You got to have ESPN Plus to order it. On top of that, it's like those are the ones I think that, depending how long this reality goes on of these closed down events with no crowd and all these restrictions, those are going to be harder to sell. I think. I think this weekend there's going to be a lot of curiosity. I think the UFC pay per view this weekend might do really good, just because mm. it's going to be the it's going to be the first sporting event back so there's nothing else going on i think it might get some surprisingly decent number of buys but that said i think once that that novelty factor is gone or the first show back i think it could fall off a cliff next time around depending how quickly they do another one of these uh wwe money in the bank like i said that's part of a whole package for you know if you have the network you get it it'll probably be you know, people stop subscribing probably. You know, people get WrestleMania for the name of WrestleMania. Money in the Bank, I'm sure, will be down from normal. But I think there is definitely some curiosity factor for what the hell this match is going to be in the WWE headquarters. I think that was a genius bit of marketing on their part. But that might be what they're going to need going forward is they're going to need some kind of unique hook to get people on interested in these shows are than Oh, it's just empty arena wrestling. There's going to be some unique take on it where it's like, Hey, we're going to have a match in an office building. Hey, we're going to have a match in a junkyard we found or something, you know, some, something that's off kilter kind of different for the foreseeable future. AEW, that's the show I'm really wondering about because so far they're just advertising like a regular old pay-per-view. They haven't advertised anything unique or different about it it's just it's double or nothing 
but it's not going to be our regular double or nothing. It's going to have to be this restricted version of double or nothing. So how many people are going to bite on a $50 pay-per-view if it's just a regular wrestling pay-per-view, but with nobody there? That, I think, is a harder sell. So, But they got a couple weeks to address that. So hopefully they do. Hopefully they come up with some kind of something different about it to maybe entice some people. Because right now I'm like, 50 bucks for a show with nobody there? Uh, I don't know about that. That's kind of steep. <laughs> well, let me mention this, Will. Let me mention this yeah. real quick. Um, yeah. We saw fans last night at, at Dynamite. Mm-hmm. They were few and far in between a number, spread out across Daly's Place. It was not the loudest crowd, but it was a crowd. I would right. argue that it was probably somewhere between 50, maybe, you know, 100 total, if you include the staff and, and wrestlers around ringside. But there were definitely That's people fair. in the crowd. Right. If they use the Jaguar Stadium, which, as we've seen last night, is physically connected to Daly's Place, mm-hmm. which are both owned by the cons, it is definitely possible in a 65,000-seat stadium to get 10,000 individuals or 10,000 or 5,000 couples. Because, you know, you're not going to sit there by yourself. Let's say that we get 5,000 couples and spread them out at 65,000-seat stadium. Hell, we could do it amongst the lower bowl, which may hold about 20,000 seats. Mm-hmm. That's a good enough crowd because a, a, a theater like the Kennedy Center doesn't hold 50,000 people. It holds about 5,000. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about how much you would get for your large playhouse. They so, can then, dress up. No, no, hold on. They can dress up um, the Jag Stadium. They can get five thousand couples in there at ten thousand people, and they can simulate on a very small scale what an actual crowd would sound like. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's going to that sells me for fifty bucks, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that that's theoretically possible in a way that no other company that does sports can do right now. What I'll say is, let me just reply to it real quick. What I'll say is this, what I'll say is this. Now, see, that would get my attention to me. Okay, that would be your hook. That would be your hook that you're going to try to run an event that is more similar to what we're used to before all this happened. That we're going to try to you know, spread people out in this stadium. And it's not just going to be an empty arena show with like 50 people there. So to me, that would be the hook that they're going to try to do this in a safe way. And let's see how it goes. So that would be the hook. So if they're, if they're thinking about doing something like that, my old thing would be like, hey, let's get the ball rolling on that. Because the first thing is you got to find enough people willing to show up to take that chance on coming to that event. So, hey, I'm not against the idea since we know Florida is willing to roll the dice on this stuff. They're in the right state to try it. It's just a matter of, hey, they got to, you know, right now they're not saying anything different than just, hey, it's double or nothing. It's just another show. So, hey, if at this point, I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. So if nothing else, it would get my attention. Marcellus, the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just, just want to add two, two things that would connect together, so bear with me for about 30 seconds. So, and I mean this out of all respect, if those that are applying for on, unemployment and anything, I'm not trying to compare it, you know, I, I respect, and I know people are going through hard times right now. But for those of you who are still working from home and everything, think about how much money you're not using right now. More than likely, people are not driving because they're not using gas, Right. You're not going out to eat or going to the movie theater. So when you're able to go to the grocery store, the $100 you buy at a grocery store will save you about two weeks of meals compared to maybe spending 100 on a date night at a nice restaurant. So you have people that are saving money essentially not using it for anything. 
So think about what's going on with movies right now. Some movies are going directly to cable, and when they're selling it on cable where you can buy it and rent it off there, they're buying it for 20 bucks. And normally you can go to a matinee, depending on where you go, you can get two tickets without any popcorn and things for about the same price. So when you compare what's going on with wrestling as far as the pay-per-view and using that for a 50 bucks cost, you might have some people saying, okay, I'm bored out my mind looking at this different entertainment. I'm not using any money right now. Let me just try to see if this $50 pay-per-view will work. And this is the only time I'll do it because I never do it anyway. Let me just try it out. You might have those people. But again, going what you said, Jamal, about that concept of how many fans you are bringing to 65,000 seat stadium and maybe mimic what it's been like for the XFL. Because when you think about the XFL in some stadiums, you have about that same comparison that everybody's in the lower bowl, maybe about five to 10,000 people. And the way you can cut your camera views off when you do crowd can only focus on one particular section if you do it in the right way. And like you said, you said, say it again. NXT doesn't. I mean, their crowd is only, what, 500? And it sounds like it's 5,000. Exactly. And with the simulated sound, like you said, and let's think about this for a second, too. Even when movies do sports scenes and they cut off the the crowd and do a simulated crowd and everything, that's only about 500 people, too, that maybe as a live event is a way you could pipe that in and do it with the technology that we have. It could work. Now, going back to the original question, is the $50 really worth it? Based on the scale of what we're paying for, like you said, with the network with $9.99 or different streaming things, it's like $10 a month. It's like a give and take. But I do agree with you, Will. People are really hungry for what sports will look like when there's no crowd or anything of like that nature because NASCAR is coming around the corner on May 17th. This may set a precedent where if you have more pay-per-view segments or anything of that nature, this could either make or break what's going to happen. So people might just try to do it just to say, hey, I need something to do on Saturday night. Let's see what, what goes on. Let's make it happen. So it's I like I can see both sides. I, oh, I disagree with that. I don't think that people are clamoring for sports and they're so crazy bored and they're sitting on with this discretionary funds. Wow. They're just like, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to buy a pay-per-view. Wow. And calm down, okay? So I do think, <laughs> because I do think that as a fan of sports – Baseball is happening in other parts of the world. Hockey is happening in other parts of the world. I think basketball that some too. fans are not that they're hockey's not happening. No, bas- I said basketball too. Basketball too. Oh yeah, yeah right, right. Basketball, basketball is happening in some part of the world. If you are absolutely fiending for sports, like the junkie that people think that they are, yeah. then you will be up. You know, DVR and Chinese basketball at three in the morning. Yeah, I'm not hearing people doing that. No, no, you're 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 not wrong. It's just the fact of the matter is. I mean, yeah, no, about about what you're saying at the end, you're not wrong about that. But yet, you're wrong about the beginning part. Here's the here's the thing. So you you said in the beginning, WrestleMania and the presentation of it was really lackluster, and they didn't do anything near the spectacle that they're used to doing, and whatever. But did WrestleMania do monumental numbers? Yep. Because no one had anything else to watch, and it was marketed crazy within mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Americans are definitely bored and do not know what to do with themselves. That's why we got the ones who are rallying in Pennsylvania to open it up the country because they got nothing better else to do, and it's completely ludicrous. And it's going to come down to the same thing. It's like, well, damn, there's nothing else to watch. What can I do? We got- you can't say that there's nothing else to watch without looking first. And that's, that's, well, that's my point. That's, that's my only point. 
No, I'm yeah, saying, no. I'm saying that the, the people that are saying that they're but, absolutely bored out of my mind, there's nothing on TV, you might as well sell the TV, there's nothing happening on it. That's not true. No, you that is it's, it's, and it's, you only watch ESPN. That's correct. And as and as ignorant as it sounds, I truly f- believe that that is what the norm is right now. People are so bored out of their mind, they don't have mm-hmm. nothing else to do that they're going to see the first thing that jumps up on their TV that's being marketed, and they're going to say, I'm going to do that. That's why Netflix uh, Netflix subscriptions are so up, because it's the easy solution of yep. saying, what can I watch right here? There's good TV on, re- on free TV, but subscriptions are up because people have no other options of what else to do in their mind, and they're just looking for the first thing that's marketed to them. The fact that UFC, and I do agree with Will earlier, the fact that UFC is definitely going to be marketed as the first sporting event to reopen this Saturday, mm-hmm. I can assure that people are going to say, I got to check that out. I don't have anything else to do. And man, what else is the other crazy is? UFC typically has a ton of sponsorships uh, that shows these things for free. Buffalo Wild Wings and other and other bars of sorts. Yep. The fact that those are closed and you can't go in there, there's going to be people that's going to say, I need my daily injection well, of UFC. I, and they're going to, they're going to, they're, they are going to, matter of fact, I'm very curious to see what ESPN subscription, ESPN plus subscriptions do over the next uh, couple of days, because people are going to just be looking for it. And I think that's, what's going to come down to it is people are going to say, well, this is my only option. And it's not true. As you said, Jamal, you're very true about that. And there's, and I'm actually, you know, ever since you brought up baseball, uh, back in Korea, I was like, oh, yeah, there's your fix right there. But people aren't going to do that because people don't want to in- educate themselves on the available sports around the world. They just say, what is the first thing that is marketed that's being smacked right in my face right now? And it's going to be UFC on Saturday. And if, if if WWE can do this right, people are going to tune in for Money in the Bank um, come, uh, come Sunday. And not to mention, too, um, People may, I'm not sure how long it's been, but people may still have their subscriptions from the WWE Network still that also may chime into that. That doesn't help as far as the selling and the analytical aspect, but I would assume people are still going to tune into it. Oh, I can sit here and say, hey guys, sorry I'm late. I just want to actually just throw in... You talk about UFC and you're talking about restaurants like Buffalo Wild Wings being closed. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, there was a restaurant up, up the block from me, a, a Tricky Fish, that has open patio seating and televisions that are now advertising the UFC fight for this Saturday for the patrons that are sitting outside on the patio. I'm about to say outside, yep. While they are Yo. not practicing social distancing. <laughs> So if, <laughs> if if Texas down here can get away with putting on pay-per-view t- st- uh, style fights or events, I I wholeheartedly believe that if if double or nothing, whatever the pay-per-view is for AEW gets shown at a restaurant near here, it's gonna get business in the door. So I saw the Korean baseball thing being played in my neighborhood too, and I'm thinking, wow, people are literally out here eating fish, watching the Korean baseball. <laughs> drinking margaritas on the damn porch, forgetting that we had a pandemic outside. So mm-hmm. in regards to everybody keep saying, hey, you know, Netflix, this, Netflix, that, man, people just want to go outside. At this point around here where it's 85 degrees and warm and not chilly, people are, are not caring about social distancing. They are in restaurants. They are literally just lottie dying as if the day does not exist. And they're ready for sports. Especially yep. in Texas, where people are clamoring for some sort of sporting entertainment, 
that they're not getting, and they're not waiting up at three o'clock in the morning for the Korean Baseball League. Hey, you know what? It's 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 it's, it's, it's the bottom line. Probably going to end up being a show title for the night. But people are just bored and ignorant. That's that's literally all it is. Because Agreed. you can be in that house and watch tons of good things all over the world. Um, if you really need your sports fix, but I can tell you for sure that the fact that people are realizing that things are going to open, whether it be legally or illegally or under guidance and 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 um and uh recommendations or not, people are going to clamor to it so fast that <laughs> they're not even going to think twice about it, and it's it's going to get ridiculous. But at the same time, too, um, you know, for the people, if, if you have the opportunity to to go to a uh to a live event or going to a place to watch it. Or if you even are going to stay home, the board part is still uh, applies here. And I think people are going to say, well, there's nothing else to watch. I'll just pay for it. And I will say this, too. Before all of this happened, it's sort of the same philosophy. People are just like, well, I could go up to the sports bar or the, or the place up here and watch it for free, which is probably a five-minute drive. But they're like, hell, I don't feel like it. I'll just spend $100 and, and pay for the pay-per-view. That's exactly. That's more or less going to be everybody's. Uh, uh, you pretty much don't got a choice now. You, it's not like you could go over to your your friend's house and watch a fight party. So nope. it's going it's going to be curious to see what the numbers do uh, for this week uh, for sure. So look, before I throw it back to Jamal for the next time, uh, next topic really quick. I know he got his computer up, so we're going to just switch to something really quick since we're talking about prices and really fast. So we're definitely going to have to go back to. Uh, what they charging on Cameo again? <laughs> Yay! It's my favorite game. Cameo price is right. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, give that. me give me three seconds and I'll, I'll pull it up for you. I looked I looked at I looked at it a little bit yesterday and I was like, let me get off real quick because it it is savage. So we yeah, and the thing is too, just in case any of you guys do not know, because I will be the one to be super ignorant about this. <laughs> it know that Cameo was for wrestlers. Thus, I knew it has sports people, but it has absolutely any and everybody, mostly any and everybody of any genre, whatever on there at all different price brackets. I mean, it is it. I didn't I never seen who I, I mean, like I went to Rick Flair's just to confirm that he was five hundred dollars and MJF. And then I stopped. But like there's definitely some people that's just like, yeah, you wouldn't get too fifty for me on any given day. Like at all, like the P90X guys on Cameo. That tells you enough right there. <laughs> all right. What, what, what are we gonna do this time? Cause we we kind of went over some wrestlers. We're we gonna go back to wrestlers again, or should we go to like another? Okay. Sp- I, I, have, I have I have a, I have a bunch of wrestlers, and I'm looking at it. Um, we can do uh, every, I mean everybody, anybody that's ever been on TV has a cameo right now. So, um, but let, let's let's table that. Because I do want to talk about um, AEW getting fined by the Maryland State Athletic Commission. And I think that that's a bigger deal than people are making it out to be. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are also caught by surprise that, A, that there's a wrestling commission. Um, and, and B, a lot of people just don't know that Maryland doesn't give a shit. And these are the rules in the state. By the way, let me just let me go ahead and plug something really quick too. So since we were there live event, we did end up for the um we we, we attended. Hey, hey, you asked that question. No, 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 no. Oh yes, exactly. That's exactly where I was going at. Um, and I was gonna say, um, yeah, we and we we attended the the press pit afterwards after the first pay per view in Baltimore, Maryland, and I asked about it because you know we have our knowledge about how independent shows are ran in Maryland from you know our connections and friends and uh, the promotions, and we know how much gray hair or lack of hair some of these people have because of the fact of like they <laughs> are not trying to mess up when it comes down to the Maryland Athletic State Commission. We have seen these guys. We've seen people get tested. 
and so on on the spot so we know it's a no joke. It's not like New Jersey, as we talked about last week. Maryland does not play. Also, Maryland car insurance doesn't play another thing. But that's a discussion for another show and another topic. But no, we so I asked about it, and you can check that interview out on our YouTube channel as we, we talked to Tony Khan for a second about that. And from that to this point is interesting. So we'll we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But yes, let's 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 hit this cameo up. So uh, you know, so cameo, as we just discussed, that is a basically you call your favorite personality and ask them to say something to you, whether it's a birthday shout out or whatever. No different than how, as you know, in the 90s, we would say, hey, here's five bucks. Can you speak into my phone and record my voicemail? Um, it's essentially the same thing. So I'm going to pick the over under and I'm going to pick a wrestler. Who, is, who has a set price, and you're going to tell me if the following people are above or below this wrestler that I picked. So, the standard right. at $70 <laughs> is Thea Trinidad, also known as Elena Vega. Okay. So, $70 is what we're going with. Okay. Thea Trinidad is the Brooklyn Brawler higher or lower than Thea Trinidad? Higher. That's a higher for me. Higher. I will go lower. I'll be then the outlier be, and say lower. You would be right, Will. That's 50 bucks for the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, <laughs> that is lower than Thea Trinidad. First one. Um, Ted DiBiase, higher hey. or lower than Thea Trinidad? Got, got to be higher. I mean, come on. I, the, I would say higher. Part. Lower because of the welfare fraud. Oh. No. I'm going to go higher. It's a million dollar man. You got to pay at least 100 for him. Yep. Uh, only 75, but then it's still higher. Okay. Yep. Oh. <laughs> you should charge extra for the cackle. <laughs> higher or lower than Thea Trinidad at $70, Joey Ryan. Oh. Oh, higher. Joey's higher. definitely about that money. I'm going to say lower. I think I'm going to go lower. I think Joey's about 75, too. Uh, no, he's uh, 50 bucks. That is okay. lower. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. So higher or lower than Thea Trinidad? Scott Steiner. <laughs> oh, who's lower. That is using? Lower. I got it. Yeah, look, whatever it is, I will pay it. But uh, hopefully it's lower. Lower. <laughs> lower. Now remember I got a weird I got a I got a weird feeling here. I'm gonna say higher. Now remember the, the actual talent suggests these prices. So that comes from them at Scott Steiner and a hundred bucks is higher. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that man's got Shoney's to run, man. He ain't got time for that, and this is a good money. <laughs> Let's get one and more. When the, to, and the last to all my freaks out there. Uh, Holler if you hear me. Uh, the, the last one that's a wrestler, uh, higher or lower than Dan Trinidad, we're going to go with the birthday boy, Kevin Owens. Oh, higher. Yeah, because he's WWE, but I can see him like just having fun with this. So I would lower. think lower. I'm going to say lower, too. At $139, he is definitely higher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, good it's Kevin, quite... Good for Kevin. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're willing to pay it, then then so be it. Um, the last, the last one. Last, last, last one. Uh, Thea Trinidad, $70. I'm going to pick a non-wrestler. I'm going to pick a, uh, a basketball player. <laughs> Higher or lower. And it's, it's going to be a guy that you've all heard of. But higher or lower than Thea Trinidad? 
Smush Parker of your Smush, I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say higher. Smush has got to be a chill $20. Where has this man been up to is the biggest question. I I think he has a ring and he played with the Lakers, so I'm putting him higher. (laughs) Lower. (laughs) 20, a chill 20 for my man Smush. 100, even 100. Uh, Definitely not 100, not cracking three digits at all, but Smush Parker is lower. The theater today at $55. That's oh, what I thought. Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, Lord. Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, they got a, they got a bunch of people on there. Uh, I'm just looking at basketball players now, but, you know, Greg Oden, uh, John Sally. Oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah. Don't don't tell those prices. Uh, no, no, got no, more. No, oh, no, okay. no, 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 no prices. No prices. Uh, Bruce Bowen, uh, you know, is, is asking for some shekels. Uh, Dennis Rodman, um, Bill Winnington of your Chicago Bulls. You know, it's it's it's, and these are just basketball players, and honestly, some of them are quite ridiculous, and some of them are actually pretty low too. Andre Karolinko, interested. So yeah, we, this 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 is a lot. Vernon Vernon Maxwell of your Houston Rockets, but uh, yeah, this will go on for a minute, and we have a lot more than just uh, basketball. It's baseball, soccer, college sports after college, of course. Um, you know, UFC, hockey, the Olympics. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So we'll, we'll discuss that. And that's, uh, of course, higher or lower on Cameo. Um, one thing, Jamal Anderson is $32. Okay, okay. Yeah. Match his number? How? That's exactly what it is. It matches that's his number. number. Yeah. Um, so the, so one of the, the big topics that I wanted to get to, of course, is AEW had the show Full Gear back in November in Baltimore, Maryland at the palatial Royal Farms Arena. Um, you know, a great time was had by all. Inside of the building, outside of the building, it was a mess. You probably got robbed, but yeah. inside it was a great show. And the close of that show was Kenny Omega versus John Moxley and this really bloody, uh, hardcore lights out, no rules match. And it was like 40 minutes. It was bananas. There was a bit of barbed wire, barbed wire bats. You know, they pulled, ripped up the ring. It was nuts. And both of them bled like stuffed pigs, which is interesting because in Maryland, that is a huge, huge no-no. Mm-hmm. And so the, um, right, and so the Maryland State Athletic Commission has fined for two separate incidents of using an object, a foreign object, to incite blood. And that's what they got him on, and those fines are five thousand dollars a piece. Now, obviously, five thousand dollars is a Yugoslavian, you know, kroner for Tony Khan, who has Tony Khan, and it doesn't really matter that he has thirty days to pay ten grand to the state of Maryland. The real question is, if they do it again, they're banned from the mm-hmm. state. Their show is immediately shut down. The question now becomes, even though Tony Khan has Tony Khan money, how does this help how does this help his relationship with individual states that A have an athletic commission and B within the state of Maryland, which is a major market. Ring of Honor is based in Baltimore. It's sandwiched between Philly and DC. There's a lot of wrestling fans in Southern PA. It's a great independent market with Maryland Championship Wrestling. Baltimore is a big deal and it has been a wrestling town for many years. Yeah. 
does AEW continue to play with fire and piss off the Maryland State Athletic Commission? Or does that change how they go into a show based on where they are? Uh, because in Jersey, anything generally goes. If in Louisiana, if you talk to Gator, he'll get you through. In New, in New York, it's you know a different rule. Each state is different. In Florida, obviously, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, we we we've seen this on different scales. We, we you know, if, you, if you're not familiar, yes, every state definitely has their own set of rules here, and Maryland happens to be one of the ones that uh, a lot of people avoid because of certain rules like this. My answer, my, my answer to this is is sort of simple. Is you know, I don't think it's the idea of playing with fire, but it's like, well, how do we come to some type of idea of reforming this? I mean, you do have ROH who home bases here in Baltimore, um, and they've been adamant about doing more shows in uh, at, at the UMBC Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. So, you know, I'm pretty sure they looked over like, you know, and and on top of that, at, at, at the initially. Khan was very adamant about, hey, we're good. And obviously, you know, months later, they're not. As I said in our chat, Maryland's open for business, and I guess they're looking for ways to grab some money. And they say, and this. So, but, but my <laughs> thing is that I don't think they play it fine. I think they definitely decide to have a conversation with each other, seat at the table, and we and we kind of try to see how can they push forward with this. And, um, you know, hopefully we get something good out of it. This is not a push to you know, allow blood or objects, whatever it may be. This is a push to say, hey, we want to make Maryland, you know, especially with the MGM now being in Maryland, which is, you know, very big when you think about that. We want to put Maryland in a position to be able to host more events. And this is something that could be overly, uh, you know, um, an issue for promotions, businesses and so forth to want to book in this state because of that. If you want to, if you if we change the rules or we sit together and we, we come up with better rules, better guidance, better policies, whatever it may be, um, you know, we can prevent, you know, we can we, we can make sure everyone's happening and obviously everyone make money. So that, I, that's what I'm hoping this comes with it. Again, Khan has money. So this was, you know, chump change for him. But I think the biggest thing has to say is how do we, you know, get everybody happy? Because I know they want to run a Maryland. I mean, it, they, he was at stat. He's you know, they want to come back to Maryland. I would assume Maryland will be back uh, hosting an event or pay-per-view uh, within either, you know, well, I can say the end of this year, but sometime of next year. I, I would definitely think they will. So it's kind of like, hey, where, where do we go from here? Is that is where I'm getting from that? Yeah, I mean, what? I think, but for, for, real quick, well, I think the question for me is uh, when Connor was asked about pay-per-view schedule, he said that he really only wanted to do four or five a year and that they wanted to be recurring. And we know that Double or Nothing and, and All Out are going to be the two that are recurring. That's the book and pay-per-views at Labor Day and Memorial Day. He also wanted to have Revolution as, as like a first quarter pay-per-view and Full Gear as a third quarter pay-per-view. But with that, what happened in Baltimore and the fact that they kind of got a slap on the wrist by the commission, does that change their perception of the company as a whole to other states with commissions, number one? And number two... Does that change how they book Baltimore? Because they gotta put it like a little red check mark mm-hmm. by this by Maryland and say like, all right, well we can't do that match here. We'll do it somewhere exactly. Down below. A- absolutely, absolutely a deterrent. And the way how they've been like, you know, if everything had to stay normal, the way how they were vamping up their their matches, it was only going to become 
much more diverse than what WWE is. And that's absolutely the way they you can tell they want to go. That's why people like Moxley wanted to be there. They, they're going to have to figure it out. And, you know, Maryland is special to them. They recognize Maryland as a sports town. You know, the people in this area, we recognize not only is this a sports town, but we also want more and bigger events to come. We have the arenas to equip them. We just need the athletic commission to get on board with that. So, you know, while they're working on, you know, um, laws with like gaming and legalized betting and so on, what's the point of having all that? If you're not even going to have people want to come through here. So it, uh, you could imagine there's going to be a lot of people in each other's pockets saying, hey, cut the check, get this law fixed, get the rules done. So, well, I mean, to be fair, putting slots at a 7-Eleven is different than hosting a boxing show. Yes. <laughs> That's- <laughs> yes. But no, but, but no. But my point is that we are recognizing that this area is lucrative. That's why they're changing. Again, we went from saying, hey, can we get casinos? OK, cool. Built two. Uh, can we get table games? Yeah, we'll vote on getting table games. Oh, yeah, a year later, we need to bet on uh, table games again because for some reason, I thought we already voted on that. And then they, for some reason, it seemed like they legalized it again or how they were allocating the funds from whatever it may have been. So, like, now MGM, a big property, comes into the area. And ever, and, and ever since that, you know, arenas are getting redone and, you know, championships have came through this area we got, you know, new outside arenas as well. So, we, you know, they're recognizing the DSV as being marketed, marketable. But you can't run events if things are going to hinder it and deter people from coming. So, you know, I can't even tell you the last time a UFC has been through here. <laughs> so, and they run shows more than anybody. And, you know, if you got the UFC being deterrent, you got wrestling being deterrent and boxing you know, not running big events, but ru- running, you know, their 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 C level events. That's just not enough, and it's got to yeah, be maybe, something with the commission that's that's hindering. Yeah, but let me jump. Let me jump in here. Here's the thing, and this is what I think got them in trouble. This shouldn't have been any surprise to Tony Khan, and this is the one thing that got me. It's like Maryland has been known for this for decades. It goes. I mean, heck, Great American Bash '88. The finish of Flair Luger, they didn't want to do a pinfall. They didn't want to beat Lex Luger. They didn't want to do a title change. They used the Maryland State Athletic Commission no blood rule to get out of the match and had Luger get bust open. As soon as he got busted open, the Athletic Commission jumps in. They stopped the match, and that's how they made the finish of the match. They straight up <laughs> used the commission to get out of the match. <laughs> like, it's a known thing going way back that Maryland does not allow certain things. It's just how they are, whether it's them being a hard ass or them looking for ways to make money or ways just to be difficult about things. I don't know, but it's a very well-known thing, especially in wrestling. That You can't do intergender in Maryland. You can't do excessively violent stuff in Maryland. They're just not going to go for it. So Maryland's open for business, but there's certain things I think they just got to know going in like, hey, this match, we can't do that here. And I think when it came down, it was like, with the barbed wire and like heck that barbed wire trampoline and everything they flew into and just how long that match went. I'm thinking Maryland took it as like, it's not that you're not just doing it. It was the flagrancy of it. I think yeah. that yeah. might have really got them. They're like, we got to set an example here and be like, no, 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 no. You're not just having blood. You like brought out the barbed wire and had all this stuff. Yeah, and kept it going. The and- same pay-per-view that had Cody swan dive onto like face first into the steel uh, entrance ramp. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Over. That's so true. that was yeah. the issue because that was incidental, uh, you know, right. blood. It, it was the fact that they 
frequently, uh, as it says in the actual consent order, that Tony Khan is going to have to read up and pay. But the bottom line is, is that they have the rules. There are 10, 12, 13 specific things that can't be done in a wrestling match. And, and that includes pulling hair, choking somebody out, and um, dangerous objects and stuff, malicious stuff. And the bottom line is that Tony went, nah, okay, fuck it, pay it. Just, just pay the fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's like if you went, like if you got a a, um, a parking ticket and because you parked in front of a handicapped spot that's <laughs> at a fire hydrant in front of a school and you went, okay, I just pay fine. What is it? $250? Cool. Right, right too, because they're not moving. And, yeah. I the and, I, and I just bought the tow truck company now, so cool. And I, that, I think that's what it is. And that's and that's cool because you made a statement and it was chump change to you and it was a hell of a pay-per-view on that note. Um, yeah, but you, you're right. There's people with that philosophy. I actually got a coworker who doesn't, um, who doesn't take the toes on the Dulles toe rolls because he said, Hey, if he gets pulled over three times a year, it's still less than what he would pay if he wouldn't do the toes every time consecutively. And I was like, that's kind of smart, but man, that's a reckless mentality. <laughs> but hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Um, quickly because we're coming up on our time real quick. Um, where I want, I, I kind of wanted to circle back just really, really quick because we, we, we talked about, the pay-per-views this week, but um, and more and specifically with the USC and like what's like really you know the 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 um the rules they got to play by by running this event uh, come Saturday. Oh yeah, UFC. Now as we've talked about the different levels of stuff that places have been doing, you know AEW, like we said, they actually got everybody tested with the rapid COVID test and everything, and that's more than WWE had been doing. Was you know, WWE was doing, you know, checking people's temperature, keeping people sequestered in a specific hotel, stuff like that, and you know, changing the ropes and keeping the area clean and limiting people coming in and out. UFC is by far going above to the highest level I've seen yet for this show this weekend. So they're straight up like limiting what people can fly in. If you're in a certain mile radius, you have to do the drive. You have to come in on a certain day. Once you're there, you're immediately being taken to a hotel where they've booked the entire hotel. So they have the run of the place. You got to stay in your room. They're bringing you food. They're having you immediately examined. Once you get there, full COVID testing, full physicals and everything for every day that you are there on site, they're going to test you again the entire duration of your visit to make sure everyone is totally clean. They're going to have workout areas that are specific to every individual fighter, separate saunas, separate everything. So no like cross contamination of every, any sort. Apparently the uh, cleaning people at the hotel are straight up going to do like medical grade cleaning. It's, it's like the highest level of thing I've seen so far for like dealing with this. That's just, I can't imagine what the expense is going to be. Lord knows UFC has got the money, but it's going to be really interesting to see just, oh, and then I was here at the event itself, you know, when they have the fights this weekend, you know, normally they do the, the post fight interviews and everything. Apparently they're going to usher people out of there to like a sound booth and Joe Rogan's going to interview them remotely. They're not even going to have them in the same room to keep everyone like as little contact as possible for this mm. thing. So they're not even going to do interviews like one-on-one. -on -one. They're going to have that even separate. So it's going to be mm -hmm. quite the sight to see this weekend, how uh, UFC handles the uh, first COVID show before they head over to uh, Fight Island when we get that whole scenario <laughs> in a couple yeah, of weeks. We, and, and UFC's been adamant to be a player in the game here. I mean, they've, they've been wanting to run events like no other. I mean, you talk about fiending. Dana White has been trying to make this happen no matter what. So 
Uh, I'm pretty Indeed. sure that they're they you know they've 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 done a lot of strategizing, and uh, we're going to see how it comes on display. How does the fans receive it? What's the numbers look like afterwards? So we will definitely have a little bit of recap about that next week, and hopefully they have a good show. Um, and lastly, I think we need to talk about just uh, unless there's some other little news I'm forgetting is the the Jericho Talk is Jericho podcast. Yep. And it is the revolt as they they say, this is their first and probably only podcast that they're going to do since their um, extent as the revival. So formerly known as the revival now known as the revolt um, uh, with doing interviews and podcasts. So um, it definitely was definitely noteworthy of people to tune in. But I guess how we all received it. It's up for discussion. But anyway, let's kind of go over the notes really quick. And uh, yeah, where you can uh, bring it up. Yeah, what I found the most interesting was as they got into, you know, why? Of course, the number one question is like, so why'd you leave? What were you unhappy about? Everyone's heard they've been unhappy for quite a while and that they've wanted to leave previously. And just now they finally happens. So the number one reason they brought up was how the tag division was treated. And Mm -hmm. as a quote, that was our biggest factor as far as leaving was that the tag team wrestling was featured everywhere else except for WWE. We wanted to be a part of that because we could sit back and we could have no legacy aside from our NXT stuff. So they're all obviously about how tag team wrestling is treated in WWE. And let's see, they want to say a quote like the tag team titles. They don't really mean anything. The tag team division has been this has nothing to do with nothing against Braun Strowman, but he's Braun's a great guy. I get along with him really well, but he was steamrolled the entire tag division and then won the titles with a 10 year old at WrestleMania. And no tag teams were featured on SummerSlam until the last minute. They had the women's tag titles. We're all for that. It's just that it was so last minute. People didn't even know. So we wanted to make a point like, look, the tag team division doesn't get respect. It doesn't get the time a lot of these teams deserve and we want to take chances on ourselves. end quote so that's their main issue for why they wanted to leave is essentially how tag team wrestling is handled in wwe and what jumped out at me immediately he was like okay i i get it you you're definitely have some points there but also looking back at the history of tag team wrestling in wwe mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. guys, you really aren't being too truthful with how tag team wrestling in WWE exactly. has been handled over the decades. And these guys talk about how, you know, they're like, hey, and they tap on their like, you know, you know, everyone compares us to Tully and Arn. And we were like, oh, we like the old school tag team wrestling, like the Hart Foundation and the Rockers and the British Bulldogs. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But guess what? Those guys you know, tag teams were the main, they were the middle part of the show. They weren't main eventing yep. cards. They weren't <laughs> nope. the top of the show. They were never main eventing pay-per-views. It was, you know, they're in the middle. Now, granted, they were featured and stuff, but I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it like this. I'm like, okay, you say tag team wrestling isn't featured in WWE. If you ask that same question to the New Day or the Thank Usos, you. would they agree with that? Because no, I they think they're heavily featured in WWE. And I think the difference is that New Day and the Usos are much more marketable acts that can go just as hard as the revival. That's, that's what it comes down that, to. Yep. And that's what it comes down to. And I'm like, jumping forward from that, like the, the, the last time I can think of when tag team wrestling was really hot in WWE, I'm looking at 2000. And I'm like, okay, at the height of the TLC stuff with the Dudleys, Edge and Christian and the Hardys, when tag teams mm-hmm. were hot as could be, 
Those guys didn't main event a pay-per-view. They barely even main evented Raws or SmackDowns. Once in a while they did, but for the most part, it was a middle of the show thing. So it's like you got they're not tag teams aren't gonna main event. And I don't know. I'm looking at the big thing that kept jumping out to be the new day and the Usos. I'm like, come on, guys. You can't I don't think those guys would be sitting there saying, like, ah, oh, we're just, you know, we're forgotten about here. We're we're tag teams or nothing. So Marcellus, jump in here. I know you 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 saw the things. I, I want to hear what you guys yeah, say. Yep, yep. So I, I, well, you hit it right on the head too. And one thing that just society in general, just not with wrestling, it's just with any main sports related figure, is always looking for that one face to be ahead of the company. Like even when you think about music, like you don't have any musical groups that are being spotlighted. It's always that one person. That's how Beyonce got you know, spotlighted over, over, you know, Destiny's Child. When you look at faces of the NBA, they look at Jordan, they look at LeBron James, they look at faces, they don't look at teams. And that's just how the society is. And like you said, Will, you hit it on the head. I mean, granted, I love tag team wrestling. I love what the revival does. But that's the hardest thing when you come from NXT to the main event or, or the main roster of wrestling for WWE. You have to take what good wrestling skills you can do and you have to build to make yourself a character. Even right. when the Usos came out, you know, they're totally different than what they are now because they're built up to be characters. Look at the New Day. They took a segment and made it to be good characters. And the Revival couldn't do that. Um, even though, like I said, I respect their work, I respect their craft, but when it comes to that, you have to be a top person or a top face. And that's why when you put in, and like they mentioned, when you put two top, top guys together, like a Miz and Morrison or like a Chris Jericho on Big Show, it works because you have two big characters that can come together in a team. Even like Stone Cold, I mean, The Rock and Mankind, when they became a tag team, they were good because they were individuals that had character with them to build them to a team. Um, good good podcast. It wasn't no tell-all book or spilling the tea in anything. It was just guys that wanted to have a good thing for tag team wrestling, but you could respect it. But it's not what it is. It will never be the top thing of wrestling. I feel that when most of the people who are being let out of their contracts because they've asked for it for WWE, it's the reoccurring bet on yourself moniker. Yeah. And, and, you know, we saw it with Mox. We've seen it with the revival. We've seen it with Brody Lee. They're betting on themselves. They obviously think that they can go to an, another promotion and work the style of, Hey, we're just going to have five-star classics and that's going to be enough. Now, they had that option because luckily there are other promotions who like tag team wrestling to feature uh, spots and substance and not not so much promos. That's great. But that's where the, that's where the disconnect comes from the revival in WWE because, let's face it, as much as I like wrestling as much as the next person, if you can't carry a character, I was stated before, you're going to get pushed to the back of the line. They needed a manager. They tried, I think, once briefly, they tried to be like the millionaire Top guys where they were wearing the suits and the chains and the watches that that went down for maybe like a month and then that disappeared. Then they tried him with Randy Orton, which I honestly think some weird heel fake uh, shield stable worked for them. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest the biggest downfall of the revival was that they didn't have a mouthpiece. They needed a manager. So just think if they would have had someone like a Zelina Vega being their manager, how that would have helped them. All in all, especially when uh, Dax said that uh, when they were going to extend their contract or ask for the release, they got a substantial raise. So he went back and asked his grandmother, what would you do? And she straight up tells him, well, that's a lot of money to walk away from, but will you be happy? They weren't happy. They go elsewhere. More power to them. 
Yeah, I think the short answer is, as far as the revival goes, whatever they were doesn't matter anymore because now they have to start from scratch. Right. As far as I'm concerned, the revival haven't had a, a Hall of Fame caliber match since they left NXT. And to be fair, the Usos and the New Day uh, are the two most pushed tag teams out there. Unfortunately, uh, Jason Jordan got hurt, so we never really saw the full potential of American Alpha. But as far as tag team wrestling goes, it was never a major thing in WWE. It was really all about the stable. Uh, WWE has put the, um, their egg, their money on their Hulk Hogan replacement. Their Hulk Hogan turns into uh, The Rock. And then The Rock turns into John Cena. Then John Cena turns into Roman Reigns. It's been that guy. It's been that girl. And then it's been the stable. Tag teams really never factored into WWE's playbook. And that's, that's, that is what it is. Um, does that mean that they will, can, and should go other places, like the, uh, the World Tag Team Tournament in, um, in Japan, or go try their hand in AEW, which is, has uh, more of a focus on tag teams? Maybe. Uh, the, the, the triple six-man tags in um, Ring of Honor and then in Mexico? Sure. There's a place for them. It's just not in WWE. And that's unfortunate, that, but that's what it is. That's what WWE always has been. So as far as their uh, you know, persona or whatever it is, I really don't care. Now you got to show up. you got to show and prove, no matter where it is. If it's an indie show in Indianapolis, if it's uh, the Tokyo Dome, or if it's at an empty stadium in Jacksonville, now they have to start over. And... Hopefully they will, and they'll you know get it done. And I have faith that they can because they've showed flashes of brilliance before. But in 20 years, are we going to remember fondly any of the New Day's matches or the Usos matches? Like seriously, I can't think of one that makes me buy the network and go back and watch it. But if 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 the uh, triple threat TLC matches from the mid early 2000s WrestleManias came on, yeah, I can sit through that. If any of the triple threat tags from ECW late 90s came on, oh, yeah, I'd be definitely down for that. Any of the Ring of Honor's trios uh, tag titles from a few years ago, yup. Any of the, ex, the not exhibition, but the tag titles, tag matches from um, LAX and stuff in, in Impact from a few, four or five years ago. Where does the New Day and the Usos fit into that list? I don't think that they're that high up. Because WWE hasn't really focused on tag teams in that way. So good on them for leaving. But now they got to show up. All right. Um, well, that's probably going. That's definitely going to do it for us on our topics for tonight. <laughs> um, quickly, and and, and and as we always do before we end the show, just anything else are uh, we forgetting that we or we need to just quickly mention or shout out? Carry and Cross. Their entrance last night was Whew. wow. Wow. That was something. Okay, real talk. Real talk. Can I just say this? It reminded me of Kevin Thorne and made me miss him. That's true. No, that's a good thought. <laughs> no, that it was a blend of that mixed with uh oh my god, what was the one with Killian Dane and Eric Young? Sanity. I felt like yes, it was a cross yes. between some vampiric thing and sanity. And it yes. worked. Yeah, the Indeed. only part of it I wasn't quite sure about that. I'm going to have to see how it progresses in the few weeks. It was a uh, Scarlet lip syncing <laughs> the uh, vocals. That part was a little awkward. But once we got past that, God, 
whew, that that was a hell of a way to make a first impression. So props to NXT for getting him off the ground with a hell of a splash. Also, mm-hmm. how long before we get the the comparison between Liv Morgan and Scarlett Boudreaux? People because compare people, are, ooh, people ooh, because they retire. People compare steaks to apples. Man, oh, people compare private party to to. Oh, you know, those yeah. fools! <laughs> that damn those that damn tweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> private party and and uh, the street, street privates are the same team. It's like, oh my god! You mean you mean to tell me they aren't? Because <laughs> have we seen the street profits and private party in the same spot? At one time. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. Not on our TVs, no, not the same time, no. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for the, for tonight. Uh, we, we definitely got a lot to talk about coming next week without even anything happening yet. Uh, but um, you can definitely stay tuned for all your updates, news, discussions, content um, here at BigGoBellGroup.com. And uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And we will catch you guys next week, next Thursday, for next week's episode. Peace out.